welcome to another episode of the Sparkles of Gold Astrology Manifesto podcast. My name is Nicolas Polimanakos, aka Sparkles of Gold. We are here with another episode of Three Questions, and tonight I am with Demetra. Demetra, thanks for being on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We're uh, recording this from Norwalk 2023, the conference that's just outside of Seattle, which I think it now it's in its 39th year. Incredible. Oh. Uh, this isn't one of the questions I'm asked. I'm going on the flyer. What was the first time here? Do you know? you remember? Well, the first time I attended as a participant was the year after it started. So did they start in 1984? Maybe. And that might have been 1985 that was the first year I came as a brand new young astrologer not knowing anyone. Yes. And I'm going to get back to the final. Tonight at the last (laughs) lecture after Sam's lecture was daring, you know, was that question, uh, all the first timers, who's the first timer here? And again, for two years in a row, it looked like the majority of the room was first time, mm-hmm. so uh, I'm just saying that for people who aren't here, and 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 all age levels, by the way, so not just young, all age levels for first time. So, okay, now we'll get to the first question. Okay. <laughs> Demetra, uh, what's your favorite astrological technique? Oh, uh, what is my favorite astrological technique? I have heard it said that the very first thing you learn when you take an astrology class is the thing that you stay with the rest of your career. Mm-hmm. And in my case, it happens to be true. And in 1973, I attended a class at the Portland Astrology Center. And because I was already studying astrology on my own, I was able to go into a more advanced class, which was Rudyard's Eight Lunation Phases. Oh, wow. Right. And uh, our teacher was a student of Mark Robertson, who was a brilliant Seattle astrologer that died way too young. And Mark um, reshaped Rudyard's Eight Lunation Phases and the Progressed Lunation Cycle. And so over the years, I've done Progressed lunation phase lifetime readings for individuals Ah. and it's been the most profound technique of seeing how one's life unfolds in 30-year cycles in accordance with the meaning of each of the eight phases of the moon oh wow and and i'll say for people listening that rudard uh, wrote a book called the lunation cycle yes yes and mark robertson was a student of rudyard and um there have been progressive astrologers putting Rudyard's language into more accessible ways that astrologers <laughs> uh, yeah. can utilize. I totally understand. Yeah, yeah. Just got to break it down a different way. It's funny, interesting you mentioned Mark, too, because I have a couple 
like books on my shelf, but they're not like books that you think of. They were like kind of workbooks or little pamphlets. pamphlets. Yeah, yeah. I have his eighth house one. Mm-hmm. I think I have a Saturn one, mm-hmm. and I and, and the way it was even designed, it was different than a regular book. Yes. Just for people who are going to research this stuff, but oh, so that's interesting. So, and I also like what you said about what sticks with you the first thing, yeah. and, and so on and so forth. And I will say that today I was sitting uh, with a friend. And they just bought a book in the bookstore. Mm-hmm. And you know what book it was, Demetra? It was Finding Your Way Through, through the, the Dark. Dark. Yes, yes. And, and I said something, oh, yeah, I, I want to really get to know <laughs> these fa- just the phases, phases and so on and so forth. And, and uh, anyway, I thought I'd bring that up yeah. because so on and so forth. Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, okay. Thank you for okay. answering the first question. Okay. Second question. What's your earliest memory connected to astrology? My earliest memory connected to astrology was I was a sophomore in college. And there were a group of upperclassmen who I heard, and I was going to school in uh, New Paltz, which is 100 miles north of New York City. Mm-hmm. And I heard of a group of upperclassmen who are driving to New York City once a week to take an astrology class. And I thought that was so incredibly exotic. (laughs) And those astrologers, you know, were demigods in my... Those classmates were demigods in my mind that there was no way I could say, hey, could I come along? Um, But what was fascinating about that is that they said, and not only do we learn astrology, but... Our teacher cooks us dinner. <laughs> and it was probably 10 years later, that was maybe 1965, it was 1973, when I was attending my first astrology conference, that I met Eleanor Bach, who had just published the very first Asteroid Ephemeris. Ah. And it turned out that Eleanor was the teacher that these upperclassmen were going to study with and that she was inspired by wanting to know where Ceres, the goddess of food Mm -hmm. making, was in the sky that prompted her to get astronomers to develop the ephemeris. So it was years before I ever met the person who would like change my life as providing an entrance into astrology that was my very first awareness of astrology. Oh, wow. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, the synchronistic and the connection. Yeah, I know. How I know. How, you know, the, the, thre- the threads of our fate appear years before we even recognize that <laughs> <Yeah>. that's. <laughs> yeah, what, totally. Wow. The fabric. Yeah. And, and I will say this too, because, uh, uh, you know, we've got a couple different things here. We, we talked mm-hmm. about, I asked you uh, your favorite mm-hmm. technique and what was imprinted on you with progressive interphases, so on and so forth. Now you're talking about asteroids. And I think it's interesting here. We were talking the other day yeah. off record about, you know, your last so many years of the two books you recently published, the Hellenistic techniques, the theory, yeah. all this stuff here, you know, and, and even before a lot of people from other times know you in a different yeah. way. Yeah. Through like uh, uh, asteroid work, mm-hmm. you know, and, and several of your books. And then here you are. And I noticed lately here at Norwalk and you have a retreat in Palm Springs later this year. Yeah. Asteroid. Right. Asteroid right, work. Right, right. Having completed like 1,400 pages of ancient astrology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I, I need a luxury vacation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. going back to some of my early loves with mythic astrology and the asteroids is I'm devoting the rest of 2023 anyway to um, just indulging in that. Yeah, yeah. Go back to thinking about these threads you're talking about weaving and here you are. Did, would it, did you ever think it was going to end up like like at this point here, you know? So, um Thank you for answering the second question. Okay. All right. Third question. Uh, what's a book or book you're re- books are you reading right now? In a sense, it don't have anything to do with astrology. And, and let me stop here because every time I ask this question, astrologers are like, everything always has to do with astrology. And I know that. We know that. But mm-hmm. I'm wondering, is there any books in your life that are reading that of whatever kind of subject, fa- uh, nonfiction, fiction, anything? Mm-hmm. I love to read historical fiction. Mm-hmm. And... And most recently, there are uh, two books written by uh, uh, crime, suspense, contemporary novelists called um, City on Fire and City of Dreams, which are the first two in the trilogy, which are a modern retelling of the Aeneid that was written by Virgil. And about how Aeneas left Troy when it was up in flames after the Greeks conquered it. Uh And he traveled and founded Rome. And now now he has set his story in the 1980s in Providence, Rhode Island. There's a (laughs) a war between two mafia families going Uh, on. But all of the characters are recreating the characters... In Aeneas's tra- story and travels. Oh, nice! So I read this too. I was captivated. I said, "Oh, and this is so and so, and that's Helen, and that's Paris." Yeah. But then, in searching more, I found a book called Lavinia, which is written by the Portland sci-fi author Ursula Le, Le Guin. Oh, Le Guin, yeah. Le Guin, and it's the story of Lavinia, a princess of Italy who is the woman that Aeneas marries and founds the race of Romans. And in it is integrated so many of the Roman rituals and religion, including, you know, Lavinia, who's a princess of a local king who lives in the forest, of tending the rites of Vesta. Oh, oh right. wow. Here we are. <laughs> so, so, yeah. here we, so here we are. Oh, so yeah. that's where... I'm, my mind is wandering like in after astrology hours. Yeah. Oh no, that's great. I, yeah. I thank you for answering that too. I only it was uh, the beginning of COVID. I was going back from Seattle and Portland. I was listening to yeah. Ursula's books, the trilogy. Mm-hmm. I forget the C. I can't remember, yeah. but uh, yeah, fascinating history, especially with her in the Pacific Northwest, with mm-hmm. Portland and Seattle, so on and so forth. I usually end here uh, uh, with the third question, but I'm going to give you a little branch off of a book thing. <laughs> Um, Demetra, was there a book in whatever age of your life, very young or whatever, that when you read it, it rocked your world, it changed you, it hit your heart, your mind, everything, and changed you forever, captured you? Is there any book you remember in the past when you were young? Or... I have loved reading in my life, and it would take me a while to... <laughs> filter through that question. Yeah. But when I grew up, um, my parents were very conservative and I lived a confined uh, childhood and adolescence. And my memories are on Thursday night, my parents would go grocery shopping and next 
to the grocery store was the local library. And I'd go there and find 10 books and come home and spend the weekend going through my pile of books. Uh And so I've read like uh, a lot. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so I would really, it would take me longer to filter through all of those Yeah, understood. But it's a great answer in the sense of I can imagine your world and and how was it home and then your library, was this an island for you, like a place of of a launching pad to wherever in your mind and your heart, you know. Right. And I... Whether or not it's true, I think that it's helped inform my work as a counseling astrologer in addressing the concerns of clients, because I filled my mind with the stories of people and their lives Mm -hmm. and their joys and their tragedies and their responses and their thinking and all of that, and it's all that vicarious sense of human experience that was part of what I think, maybe in retrospect, yeah. um, I, as I said, informed or I utilized um, client work. Yeah. I'm a, for me, I'm a big library person, reader too. Um, and what I could say, I'll say this as we end, you know, I'll, if human beings didn't have myth and story, we'd have nothing. That is life, and mm-hmm. that's what it is. And, I, and whether it's your favorite TV show or it was Star Wars or a classic yeah. book, this is how we run as humans. If we didn't have story and document it and read it to, re- to, to connect with who we are and have that reflection yeah. in mirror, then what else is there, you know? Right. Yeah. No, the, the stories that move us that we read, it's because they are the archetypal dramas of the human experience. Mm-hmm. The myths are the basic stories that we live our lives through to come to a place of consciousness and realization. And just like plays, each theater group will give it its own variation, costuming and setting. But there are certain plays that endure. It's because they speak to the human condition. Yes, 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 yeah. Um, just, just for the people listening, for you, Demetra, I, I was broke in my Seattle days. I spent all my money on season tickets to the opera for like five years. <laughs> Oh my goodness, because, I love the opera. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me yeah, too. Yeah. My favorite part of the opera is, uh, depending on, you know, Verdi yeah. or whoever it was, was the overture. <laughs> because depending if it was a long overture, the drapes were still closed and everything's not, and the music started. And and I was transfixed. Everybody in there, it, the ritual started. You were taken out of your world yeah. and you were into the story. Then the drapes open yeah. and the story begins. And so I, that, and not knowing what's going to happen, the mystery is everything too. About We want to know, we have things reflected through story and myth and all that, but mystery is intertwined in it all, you know. So uh, thanks for answering the bonus question. Um, Formally, where can people find more about you, uh, Demetra? Formally, I do have a website Mm -hmm. of sorts, which is simple. My name, DemetraGeorge.com. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then I also... Go ahead. Yeah. I also help promo here uh, later on in December of 2023. Yes. You have a retreat in Palm Springs? I have a retreat in Mythic Asteroids in Palm Springs. On the events, I guess, menu of my webpage, you can see information. But since we're talking, I'm also offering a class on how to calculate a chart by hand, uh, starting in July through Astrology University. Mm-hmm. And my feeling is, is that 
the art of knowing how to hand calculate a chart is the most fundamental teaching of being an astrologer. And that for all of us who are dedicated to keeping the art alive, we should, some of us, should learn and then be able to pass that on. Because it would be a tragedy at some point in the future if we no longer knew how do we wreck the chart? Yeah, I agree with you. I remember doing this a long time ago with yeah. Lauren Albandian in her living room. Right. <laughs> and all oh, the grind and the calculator. And I was breaking the pencils, the pencil sharpeners. The erasers. The erasers. <laughs> but, uh, but it was a joy to start with the raw data. And yeah. then like an hour or two or three or however long it took you later to have the full drone chart with all of the planets and the aspect lines yeah. uh, figure drawn in and but how, you it was connect, a how you connect to the chart while right, you're building it too. right like, and you've saying. totally embodied it viscerally before you ever talk to the person yes and the process is a joy to participate in uh -huh. so i'd like to yeah. be able to share that yeah with and others I, is yeah i like the way you what you said the, the process and the joy in it because other times people are like oh this is a grind but but i know you demetra and i know how you present and i it you it, i believe you in the joy in the process yeah. so and i will make put those links in the show notes and so on yeah. and so forth demetra thank you for coming on the podcast okay. uh, pleasure as always speaking with you nicholas